Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom. This is the look ahead with Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Coming to you from the Circus Sportsbook in downtown Las Vegas, I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is the look ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. You can always follow along on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S C O T T S O N A I R. The NBA uh, play-in round resumed here on uh, Wednesday with the Atlanta Hawks winning the 9-10 game in the Eastern Conference in a blowout fashion, 132-103 over the Hornets. Trey Young had a really nice game, and, well, this one never felt like it was in doubt. It was a uh, monster third quarter that really separated these two teams uh, as for Trey Young, 24 points with 11 assists in the game. Uh, as now the Hawks will advance to the eighth seed game in the Eastern Conference on Friday against the Cleveland Cavaliers. In the Western Conference, it was the Pelicans winning and covering against the Spurs, 113 103. CJ McCollum had 32 points and this is a Pelicans team that playing really well here now. Uh, Brandon Ingram did play. He had 27 points. Uh, this starting five looks pretty good together. And I would not be shocked. Now on Friday in the eighth seed game, if the Pelicans give the Clippers all sorts of fits. It would not shock me in the slightest. So both games here on Wednesday, sort of anticlimactic, never really in doubt. Uh, the teams will now get a little bit of a rest here on Thursday before the uh, play-in, the eighth seed games will take place on Friday. And then the first round begins on Saturday. The big story of the day, though, in sports, not w- related to the NBA, Occurred in Major League Baseball. A lot of day games today in baseball. No, it's not Vladimir Guerrero homering three times after getting his hand stepped on and cut open. It was Clayton Kershaw making his season debut for the Dodgers against the Minnesota Twins. Now, Kershaw had a pretty decent spring, but he's no longer the top of the rotation guy that he once was. He is not the ace of this Dodgers staff. But here on Wednesday, Clayton Kershaw turned back the clock and looked 
like the Clayton Kershaw of old. He was perfect through seven innings against the Minnesota Twins. He struck out 13 batters. 13 batters. Out of the 21 outs, yet despite not allowing a single base runner, Dave Roberts pulled Clayton Kershaw from the game after 80 pitches and would not let him continue for the eighth inning and possibly the ninth inning. Naturally, this set off everyone on Twitter. And I have my thoughts. I shared it on Twitter. I was in shock. I did not believe that this was happening. And we just threw up the uh, stat there on the screen. It's only happened once before. And it was Rich Hill, also of the Dodgers, and also pulled by Dave Roberts back in September of 2016. I get what everyone is saying that this is these his first start of the season. He's a guy who you are concerned about his health, who did not have a full spring training. And you could make the argument and point to a lot of pitchers that were left in games too long to chase a no-hitter or a perfect game, and it had adverse effects. Um, Johan Santana was never the same pitcher after achieving his no-hitter, which was really a one-hitter, but it was a no-hitter for the New York Mets. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, there was a foul ball that was clearly fair, but it was called foul. Anyway, that was the first and... First no-hitter in Mets franchise history. And I'm telling you, if you ask Terry Collins to this day, he probably regrets leaving Santana in that game. And you can see every time they the camera went into the dugout, the agony of the, the manager. Knowing that, man, this is, uh, this is bad. Because the guy had absolutely nothing left in the tank. And he really hurt himself after that. 134 pitchers. Pitches, excuse me. 134 pitches. And Terry Collins, I'm telling you, to this day, will he? I guarantee you ask him, he'll regret it. Although, first no-hitter in franchise history, a special night. There in the ballpark, let the fan base have it. Corey Kluber threw a no-hitter for the Yankees just last season. And he got hurt. It's early in the year. I get it. I understand it. And let me just say something about no-hitters. I am not that impressed by them as I once was. There have been 314 no-hitters thrown 
in the history of Major League Baseball. Now, in the grand scheme of things, you're talking about history. You're talking about you know many, 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 many years ago. The first no-hitter that was recorded was on July 15th of 1876. So, <laughs> we're talking a lot of history here. But there's been 314 of them. And there's been a lot recently. I mean, last year, we had... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine in one season. It's an incredible accomplishment, but I'm not exactly like blown away by it anymore. It's lost a little bit of its luster. In fact, I've made the argument that I'm actually more impressed by a combined no-hitter rather than a a single pitcher getting a no-hitter. Because for all of the 314 no-hitters in baseball history, there have only been, I think it's like 12 or 13 combined no-hitters. So that right there, a little bit more impressive to me. But okay, that's not the argument here. This was not just a no-hitter, though. This was a perfect game. And in the history of Major League Baseball, and I just read you the the date, 1876, when the first no-hitter was recorded, we've only had 23 perfect games. I I just think that had this been just a regular no-hitter, pull him. He's thrown a no-hitter before. But for a chance at a perfect game, that is something that I think really he should have been allowed to go after. Now, you understand, first base runner, he's out of the game. First walk, anything, out of the game. Even if the no-hitter is still intact, he hits a batter, take him out. Once the perfect game is done, he's out of the game. I would have let him go out there for the eighth inning and reassess after the eighth. If he gets through the eighth inning on seven pick. Hey, guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball. We do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, they're like, you know, who's ready to catch Creighton? You know, watch Creighton. They fight. And I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not, never the, gonna, not, the, not the Big East tournament? Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But, like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That cool. Like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was – Creighton is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. that. Like, that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a, is a good team? Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> And then they're never at any of those. And then they're never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? see the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. 
As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds, it was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Let him go out for the ninth. If it, if he has to labor now and he throws 24 pitches in the eighth inning, all right, now we could talk about taking the guy out. But as dominant as he was, 13 strikeouts through seven innings, I don't know how Dave Roberts pulls him. And I was, look, I, like I said, I understand all the arguments for it, but man, oh man, that was something that I, I, I don't think I would have done. Our buddy Jason Weingarten, who uh, does all types of you know baseball futures, he had an interesting tweet earlier. The Clayton Kershaw Cy Young odds at the Westgate prior to this start today, he was a hundred to one. Then he went down to fifty to one, and now he's at eighteen to one to win the National League Cy Young after throwing a. Seven inning, seven innings of perfect baseball, which, by the way, uh, if it was the uh, COVID doubleheaders, uh, it would have been good enough, right, Madison Bumgarner? But that didn't count now for his seven innings. Anyway, we'll get more into Major League Baseball coming up uh, a little bit later on in the program. We're going to get back into the NBA playoffs coming up next. Lauren Jabara, who's a reporter for the Atlanta Hawks for Bally Sports, will join me coming up next. We're going to talk about the Hawks' victory here in the 9-10 game over the Hornets and see what Atlanta has to do on Friday to beat the Cavaliers in Cleveland and earn themselves the eighth seed in the Eastern Conference playoffs. I'm Scott Sadenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. This is The Look Ahead right here on v the sports betting network. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This segment of The Look Ahead is brought to you by Zinn Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. Zinn Nicotine Pouches are smoke free, spit free, and available in 10 varieties, and they come in two strengths so you can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zinn, America's number one nicotine pouch is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide. Visit Zinn.com slash find to locate a store near you. That's ZYN.com slash find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Scott Sadenberg back here with you. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. We welcome in now from Bally's Sports, covering the Atlanta Hawks. She is Lauren Jabara. Lauren, a big win for the Hawks here on Wednesday night. The pedal to the metal from start to finish. What was the biggest thing that stood out to you about this 132-103 victory over the Hornets? What's up, Scott? Happy 
Wednesday, I think it's, or it's a Thursday now. I don't even know. The days are running together, but thank you for having me on again. It was a wild atmosphere being at State Farm Marina tonight because it felt like the playoffs. And it basically is. It's one single game elimination. Um, pretty crazy. But I think for me, the biggest thing was just the complete game that the Atlanta Hawks played, especially on the defensive side, because as we know, the Charlotte Hornets, the third best team in the league offensively, and the Hawks were able to hold them to 103 points. And that's what I thought was, was pretty incredible. Just their defensive efforts, their ability to get back in transition, to not let the Charlotte Hornets control the pace of play as the Charlotte Hornets do. That's what they're known for. That's what they do well. They control the pace of play. And then to really capitalize on a struggling Hornets defense by moving the ball, they were able to score from inside, outside. They made 16 threes. Um, they shot 52% from the field. It was just a complete team effort. Um, and everybody got involved. The balance scoring on offense, too, was something that definitely stood out to me. Well, what stood out to me was that both of these teams played exactly to the total of the game, which was at 235. So <laughs> it's amazing how those things That's tend to happen. <laughs> Vegas knows best. Vegas knows best. They do know. Uh, let's fast forward now to Friday. The Hawks will travel to Cleveland to take on the Cavaliers, and they are a slight two-point favorite. Do you agree with that line? I do at this point. I really do. Um, obviously, the Cavs have some injury issues that they're dealing with, and so do the Hawks, too, with, with John Collins being out and so questionable at this point, and Lou Williams also being out. But I think a big thing for the Cavs is Jared Allen, obviously, um, not knowing if he's going to be playing or not. And I think they're keeping that pretty close to their vest at this point. But he would be a big difference maker, obviously, for them. Um, two points is a lot, though. I really did think it was going to be a little bit more of a pick um, if not the Cavs being favored, because obviously they're the higher seed in this spot, and they're playing at home at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse, which that place can get pretty rocking, uh, pun intended or not intended, but um, it does surprise me a little bit that the Hawks are favorited in this spot, but again, you know, it could be a little bit of an overreaction to Obviously, seeing a very talented, strong Brooklyn Nets team just put the pedal to the metal against the Cavs in that fourth quarter, and then the Atlanta Hawks coming in and thrashing the Charlotte Hornets. It, it could be a little bit of an overreaction to that, too, but I think the injury issues play a part in that for sure. Now, we've talked about this before, but the Hawks have certainly struggled on the road this season, more so early on. As of late, a little bit better on the road. So uh, I know that some people might be concerned about the Hawks' record on the road, but is this team, what are they doing to put those worries to rest? Yeah, I think it's, for, first of all, a lot of the issues that they had earlier in the season were because of one injuries, like they came into the season, not completely healthy. Like Clint Capella didn't have an entire preseason um, just because of his Achilles issue, Kevin Herter, the same thing. So a lot of these guys were coming into the regular season with basically not their legs ready or their lungs ready at that point. And the beginning of the season, I think it was like some crazy 12 of the first 15 games of the Hawks season were on the road. So I think that that skewed things a lot. And then in December, there was like a six week or six game road stretch where basically the entire team had COVID. So I remember there was like 13 Hawks players on the COVID protocol list. There was nine 10 day contract players that we literally had to be like, yep, this is the door. This is the locker room. Like they had no clue where anything <laughs> was. And so we literally 
you have to like point them in the right direction. And I remember Trey Young saying at one point he walked into the locker room and, and there was only three guys, three roster players for the Atlanta Hawks that were in the room. So I think a lot of the road issues came earlier in the season, like you were saying, because one, at the beginning of the season when they did have a really heavy road schedule, they were just weren't like ready to go yet. They weren't their bodies weren't healthy. And then when they had another long road stretch in December and early January, everyone was on the COVID protocol list. So I think that that skews numbers a little bit. And we saw a lot more consistency since basically beginning mid-March with this Atlanta Hawks team where they did have a long stretch on the road and they were able to pull out a lot of wins in those, in those games. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves here, but I'm going to do it a little bit here, Lauren. How do, do the it. Hawks, how do the Hawks <laughs> match up against the Heat? It's going to be tough because obviously – the Heat had the Eastern Conference wrapped up a little while ago. They're a very deep team. They play very fast. And obviously the Hawks just saw them, what, last week um, when they played game 81 there of our 82-game schedule. So they were able to see them last week. Um, it was a tough game. It came down to the wire. There were 17 lead changes and 11 times that that game was tied in that game. So I think that what you're getting in that series, if the Hawks are to beat Cleveland on Friday, it's going to be a gritty, tough, hard-fought, fast-paced series. Um, Both units are going to need to be used. It's going to be really intense. And I'm actually looking forward to that. that. I'm keeping my fingers crossed that that does happen. Obviously, I don't want my season or the Atlanta Hawks season to be done yet. But I think that, that fans would be in for a treat with that series, just both teams with the depth and the talent and the offensive firepower that that both teams have. It'd be an exciting matchup. Let me ask you about a couple of other Eastern Conference series here, the Raptors and the Sixers. Who do you like in that series? Oh, that's a tough one because obviously – um, the Raptors, they are a team that like they, I don't think they have a, as much talent as the Sixers do, but they have grit and tenacity. And that goes a long way in the NBA, but I am leaning the Sixers in that series just because of the, the talent that they have. And obviously hard work can get you so far, but talent obviously brings you through the rest of the way. What about the Nets and the Celtics? That's a tough one for me. And I might like wipe my hands clean of that one and just sit back and watch (laughs) because these are two unreal, completely talented teams with superstars on both sides. So I might just wipe my hands of that one and sit back and enjoy some good basketball because that's what we're going to get out of that series. While I have you, let's uh, get into what you've been talking about on picks wise these days. Uh, How much major league baseball have you gotten into? I, we've, I, we've been covering Major League Baseball. Can we talk about, I know you were talking about Clayton Kershaw for a second. I don't know if you want to bring that up again. Why? Why <laughs> did they not that game? I am like heated for him. Listen, I'm happy I hit my Dodgers first five bet. So uh, I, I was, I, I, it was the, it was probably the easiest bet I ever hit because Kershaw didn't allow a single base runner. But I, I, what I said, Lauren, was if this was just a regular no hitter, I'm okay with it. He's thrown a no-hitter yeah. before. There's been 314 of them in baseball history. That's fine. But this was a perfect game. This is a chance. A and I, yeah, this was a chance to put yourself in, in the record books, which, yes, I know a no-hitter does as well, but a perfect game is on a different level. I would have let him go out there for the eighth because what if he retires the side on, like, seven pitches and there's no stress yeah. Then you let him go out again for the ninth. I just, I, I, I was yeah. shocked. I was shocked. 
Yeah. Honestly, as a player, though, because I was I was at the Hawks game, so I didn't get a chance to watch. I was just reading articles after, obviously. But as a player, why are you not, like, begging your manager to leave you in? Mm-hmm. I would, right? I think there was just the mentality of they had the plan going into the game. They knew that he was only going to throw 80 pitches. It, it was a short spring training. This was his first game of the year. He does have injury concerns. And they just knew that no matter what, he's only throwing 80 pitches, which I think is a mistake. But I also, you know, was was doing New York radio when Johan Santana ruined his career by throwing 134 pitches. And Terry Collins still regrets leaving him in that game to throw a no-hitter. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And I can see that. But at the same time, it's like as a fan of the sport and as a fan of Clayton Kershaw in general, I'm just like, Leave the man in. <laughs> Let the man pitch. Let the man pitch. Through the plan. You know what I mean? I We're would, done with the plan. I would <laughs> have made that move myself. Lauren, appreciate the time <laughs> and the conversation. Safe travels to Cleveland. And good luck on Friday. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. There she is, Lauren Jabara, covering the Atlanta Hawks. She's their host and reporter for Bally's Sports and also a host on PicksWise, doing all the sports betting stuff as well. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. We'll keep the NBA conversation going. Brad uh, Thomas from NBC Sports Edge will join me coming up next. This is The Look Ahead right here on VEASAN. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of CityCasts designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. There are CityCasts in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, LA, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and Washington, D.C. Subscribe to your local CityCast wherever you get your podcasts. Scott Sadenberg back here. It's the look ahead on VCND Sports Betting Network. Joining us now from NBC Sports Edge, he is Brad Thomas. And Brad, let's get into the NBA playoffs here as the play-in round resumed with the Atlanta Hawks winning in convincing fashion over the Charlotte Hornets. New Orleans beating uh, the Spurs here. Which of these teams, Atlanta or New Orleans, do you give a chance to beat the Cavaliers or the Clippers in the eighth seed game coming up on Friday. I'm going to go with Atlanta. Um, If you look at the Cavs, they just don't play any defense and Atlanta they're clicking on all cylinders and with Deandre Hunter healthy, it makes that Atlanta team a much better defensive team. They're not very good at defense, but he makes them to that level. Like you saw today, they're a good team with him on the perimeter. Do you think that they, if they advance past Cleveland, have a shot to steal a couple of games against Miami? No. I mean, even looking at last year, what I think a total of what three games were four games were won by the playing teams, a lot of four, one victories. The only team who actually stood a chance were the Grizzlies who stole one game last year and then end up losing what four straight. So it's going to be tough. The playing games, these are bad teams or teams who aren't as good as the teams who made the playoffs. And normally it's going to show when they play each other head to head in a full series. How about the Brooklyn Nets who advanced uh, to take on the Boston Celtics? What's crazy, Brad, is that this series actually opened up 
with Brooklyn as the favorite, and it immediately shifted the other direction to now Boston being about a minus 145 favorite in that series. You know, that was the most tricky for me. And as a value better, I went on Brooklyn just because the odds shifted at plus 115 is what I got them on. But I do not think they win the series. The Celtics play really good defense, like elite defense. And then they have the two-headed monster of Tatum and Brown who can go toe-to-toe with Durant and, and Kyrie. And it's just hard when you have a deep team who could play defense at every single position to, to say you're going to outscore them. Maybe if Brooklyn had a more athletic big than Andre Drummond, I would give them a legit chance to go in there and sweep or maybe win uh, 4-2. But I think the Celtics, with their elite defense and their scoring ability, are going to get the job done. How many games do you think that series goes? Oh, it's going 7, 100%. Okay, wow. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so the Celtics, with the home court advantage in Game 7, yes. gets it done. Okay. Uh, nice little odds on that. And I, I think it is six or seven games is the favorite. Uh, in yeah. uh, in that series between those two teams. Uh, elsewhere in the Eastern Conference, I think one of the most polarizing series that's not Brooklyn and Boston is going to be Toronto against Philadelphia. I, I absolutely love Toronto to win this series. What's your read between these two teams? Yeah, I got Toronto to win the series at plus 190. Oh, I got plus 150. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Yeah, the 76ers. Listen, when James Harden went to Philadelphia, I thought he would have this year resurgence. And it didn't really happen. And and a lot of that's to blame on the new rule change, the James Harden being out of shape because he was trying to get moved out of Brooklyn. They're just not a complete team. And even at the trade deadline, Doc Rivers said they needed a point guard. And what they do, they went and traded away their point guard and got a shooting guard. Hmm. The Raptors are long. They play defense. And Siakam's going to give them a lot of trouble. I think they're a better coach team, too, honestly. I would agree with that. And I think not having Matisse Thibel available in those games in Toronto is a huge loss for the Sixers defensively. And we we know already they're not a deep team. Uh, <laughs> yes. In the Western Conference, I'm not going to talk about the, the Bucks and the Bulls because that's going to be a four-game sweep. But uh, <laughs> let's go to the Western Conference. Still a lot of question marks with Steph Curry's health. If Curry misses any of these games, are the Nuggets live in this series? Yeah, I think the Nuggets are live. I think this is one of those situations where I'm, I hope I can catch something around six or seven for the home games for the Warriors, for the Nuggets, because they'll steal one. And I think they have a good chance of covering them all. Just the problem is the Nuggets don't play good enough defense when you have shooters like Steph Curry. Um, you have Jordan Poole, who's playing excellent. You have Clay Thompson, who's an elite shooter. I don't know if they win the series, but I would let me just let me just preface and say this. I have a long shot future on the Denver Nuggets at uh, 23 to one. So I think if they win this series, they go on deep. But I don't know if they can until they can start playing better defense. What about the Jazz and the Mavericks? Obviously, everything hinges on Luka's health. But is the movement in game one too much of a reaction to Luka's uh, impending non-availability because we saw this one open up as Dallas a three-point favorite. Now the the Jazz are four and a half. We're talking seven and a half points of a line movement here for no Luca. I think Luca is probably worth about five points, maybe six points. Home court advantage in the playoffs is huge, and I mean you're telling me we have a seven-point swing without Luca. 
it's scary. This is a scary, scary line. Do they get the Ewing effect where the Mavs just come out here and they blitz the Jazz? Or the Jazz take a really big lead because the Mavs can't put it together and the Mavs get that nice backdoor cover? Ultimately, I think the Jazz win this series, but this is one game where the team is going to be up to play without Luka. They are going to want to hold it down for their superstar. I would probably take the points with the Mavs at home. Yeah, I think that's where I'm leaning to. I love what Jason Kidd's done to this for this team defensively. Um, yes. and, and, you know, they still have talent. guys like Spencer Dinwiddie can, can, you know, they can carry the load. Um, so Dallas might be the way to look here. I thought, Brad, if the Clippers won that play in game, that they would have a shot against the Grizzlies because of their ability to slow Memphis down. Right. And, and take yeah. them out of what their strength is, but because it's the Timberwolves who are the fastest pace team in the NBA, which kind of plays exactly into what the Grizzlies want to do. I think this is going to be a short series in favor of Memphis. How do you see it playing out? Yeah, I think it's going to be four one. <laughs> like it, for the Timberwolves to win a game. I think that's a victory. This Grizzlies team is very good defensively and the T-Wolves look, the Clippers did the right thing by taking Carlton Towns out of the game. The Grizzlies can do the same thing, and I don't think that you're going to get that same production out of Russell like you did in the playing game. And, I mean, Grizzlies laying seven here, I think that it's something that you kind of have to consider. Could be like a 20-point blowout. I think a lot of the games are going to be blowouts in that series. Mm, Interesting stuff there. I want to talk about the teams that are playing on Friday for the eighth seed and which one of those teams would give the one seed the best fight. So in the East, the Hawks and the Cavaliers against the Miami Heat or the Pelicans or Clippers going up against the Phoenix Suns? I think it's going to be the Pelicans going against the Phoenix Suns. Listen, CJ McCollum, even if you heard his interview today, he's been wanting a legitimate shot at the playoffs. And this is no knock on Damian Lillard and the Blazers, but... This team that the Pelicans have constructed is just so much more equipped for a playoff run because they can score. They have good perimeter defense and they're long. You're going to hear that that theme anytime I talk about the playoffs. I like perimeter defense. I like long teams. Like even think about Herb Jones. He can guard any position. Then you have a big man who's cleaning up the boards and you have CJ McCollum who can score at will. We didn't even get to talking about B.I. yet. Mm. B.I. was in foul trouble and they still blitz the Spurs. Yeah, the fact that he came back from his injury and played as well as he played. I actually love them catching any type of points here against the Clippers. Oh, yeah. And then, Absolutely. And then we'll see what happens against the Phoenix Suns. You know, that's not going to be a comfortable <laughs> series there. What about in the East, though? Any thoughts on if the Hawks or Cavaliers win going up against the Miami Heat in the first round? I think that, you know, the Hawks will give a little bit of a run to the Heat, but... I don't see it happening. The Miami Heat are just too elite defensively. And then when you watch them play head to head with the with the Atlanta Hawks, they are they have the ability to take Trey completely out of the game and they can switch at almost every single position, which is really tough. They don't have to double team, which was the problem that was uh that was happening earlier. The, the Hawks were able to pass out of double teams. Miami Heat don't really have to pass, don't have to double team. They don't have to blitz Trey, which gives them a huge advantage. Yeah, absolutely. Brad, do me a favor. Hang on through the break because coming up next, I want to get into uh, some of your strengths here, which is the action (laughs) on the pitch. 
That's the soccer field, people. Uh, we have Champions League action that we saw here this week, setting up the semifinals, which will be in a couple of weeks. Europa League action coming up on Thursday. Plus, uh, we still have golf. Yes, everyone's still talking about the Masters, but there is an event coming up that we can get into as well. So hang with me, Brad. We'll get into that coming up next. He is Brad Thomas from NBC Sports Edge. You can follow him on Twitter at Mr. Brad Thomas. You can follow me, Scott Seidenberg, on Twitter at Scott's On Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. We'll get to that action on the pitch. Yeah, I like saying that. In soccer, Europa League action coming up, plus golf uh, with, I believe, the RBC Heritage uh, coming up as well. See if uh, who Brad thinks could have some good showings there. This is The Look Ahead right here on VSIN, the sports betting network. The NFL Draft is right here in Las Vegas, and we'll have extensive coverage, including mock drafts from Matt Humans. Michael Lombardi, former NFL GM, will give his draft analysis. Beeson host Mike Pritchard, who was a first-round pick, and Sean King, Super Bowl-winning champ, will give you insight that you can bet on. Also, legendary sports broadcaster and the voice of the Las Vegas Raiders, Brent Musburger, will give his draft best bets in our NFL Draft betting guide. Sign up today to get full access to VSIN through the NFL Draft for only $19 at vsin.com slash spring. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. It's a look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. We are rejoined by Brad Thomas from NBC Sports Edge. And Brad, let's talk some golf. The Masters, everyone's still reacting to what was an exciting weekend there at Augusta. What more can you say about Scotty Scheffler? The dude is just playing on another level right now. What, three wins in 57 days for this guy? I mean, clearly the best golfer in the world right now. He's super unconscious, and I was really proud to watch. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health. But by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Him actually hold a lead because if you look at all his other wins, he was the comeback kid and mm -hmm. he was absolutely impressive in every facet of the game. When he faced a little adversity, he bounced back. His short game was, he was pin seeking with his short game. He had a hole out on Sunday. He is deserving of the number one golfer in the world title. Got a little bit of a rest here now. RBC Heritage, 
Do we like any of the golfers that had good showings maybe later on at Augusta to parlay that into some success here at this tournament? Maybe someone like a Justin Thomas or Shane Lowry, a guy who I actually had outright to win the Masters, uh, and I will have outright to win this tournament as well. Yeah, Shane Lowry is going to be my top play. If you look at it statistically, Shane Lowry actually had a better outing at the Masters than Scotty Scheffler did. Shane Lowry is just ripping off top 10, top 10, top 10. I think this is a course that will suit him very well. He's not super long, but he's very accurate. And why not back an Irishman at a windy golf course with small greens? I got him at 22 to 1. I love him top 20. It's just too good to be true, but I'm backing it. Yeah. Uh, top 20 odds, obviously top 10 odds, a little safer than doing an outright, but he is one of the guys that I like outright. What other picks do you have for uh, the course here in uh, Hilton Head? Yeah, I re- like you mentioned Justin Thomas. I really like him at uh, plus 115 to finish top 10. I'm not going to back him to finish to win at 14 to 1. The price is just too short, and I have a very hard time backing the outright favorite. But Justin Thomas just consistently rips off top 10 finishes and this course is going to be won by a ball striker a guy who's good on approach the problem with justin thomas is he's a little bit of a roller coaster ride on the golf course he has all the tools but he does have those few moments that keep him out of that podium placing but a top 10 finish and you're giving me plus odds for a guy who's consistently in the top 10 i think justin thomas is a guy you have to consider nice uh so we like justin thomas we like Shane Lowry. Any long shot guys? Any bombs on the board that you're looking at? Maybe in like the 45, 50 to 1 plus range? Yeah, I have two bombs. Okay. Uh, this is actually my biggest bet of the tournament. And I hope it doesn't come crashing down with like a <laughs> two stroke lead on Sunday that's blown out of the water. Um, I have Adam Hadwin at 50 to 1. This course is built for him. He's not very long off the tee, uh, but this is a lot of target golf that's played at Harbor Town. He's going to have to keep his ball in the fairway, but he's been very, very brilliant, not ranking off three top tens in a row. If you want to think about a perfect fit for a course, it's Adam Hadwin for this course. Mm. And my longest shot that I played, and I'm not bashful to say this, but I played Bo Hostler at 150 to one. He is another guy. And you'll see this theme with a lot of the guys who win this tournament. He's another long shot who has the tools to win here because the course is a little, it plays a little bit shorter and you need guys who are really dominant with their irons. Bo is not consistently dominant with his irons, but when he's not dominant with his irons, he makes up for it with his putting. He's very good putter. Interesting stuff. Let's get into uh, something that's also right in your wheelhouse and that's the soccer action. Uh, Champions League semifinal is now set. It's going to be uh, Man City and Real Madrid, Liverpool and Villarreal. Uh, what's your initial read on both of these matchups? Um, initial read on the City matchups. First of all, I looked at the board in the home leg for City is going to be uh, plus money for the under. I'm like, Come on. Like When Real Madrid has played every game so far in the, the away leg, they have packed it in, tried to get to the home leg without a big, big deficit. Mm. City, they've been dominant defensively. If you give me two and a half under for plus money, I got to take it. And then on the Liverpool side, Liverpool, Villarreal, this is this one is a head scratcher. Like, I, I think that Liverpool are just going to be way too fluid offensively. Like, if you look at the teams that Villarreal played, they played them at the perfect time like Juventus missing a couple pieces and not being really fluid on offense Bayern Munich going on an offensive slump which they don't have often but even you look domestically they kind of struggled uh, to score goals 
not Liverpool. Liverpool are hot. Even even today, they played a bunch of bench guys and still put up three with those bench guys. Yeah, interesting stuff. We got Europa League matches here on Thursday. What are the plays? Okay, so my top plays. I'm a big corners guy. I think we talked yes. about this last yes, time. Yes, you are. My my top play, Braga at Rangers. Rangers over five and a half corners. This is a Rangers side who's averaging 7.81 corners per game. They play more dominant at home than they do away. And it's by a wide margin, probably one of the better home versus away split teams in the entire world. And what they do differently is they attack, they attack, they attack. Well, they're down 1-0 on aggregate. Braga know they have a 1-0 lead. So any chance they get, they're going to clear that ball and make sure the ball is out of play. That's my top play. Uh, I'll give you another one that I really like. Roma and Bodo. Bodo have scored in something like, I don't know, 20 straight games. It's a it's a crazy number, right? And they're going against a Roma team who have been pretty leaky. I'm backing both teams to score in this. You got to look at it as Roma have the bigger name, but Bodo have the talent. Mm. They're unbeaten in like 36 straight matches. I think the only way this doesn't hit is if Roma don't score and Bodo don't score and it just becomes a grudge match. But I don't think either team gets left out of the net, and we're getting pretty good, pretty good odds at minus one ten. It did move a little since I uh, I posted on Twitter, but still playable. Let's talk World Cup. The draw yes. has been released. Uh, we saw a lot of people jumping in on some Team USA futures. Okay, a lot of excitement. I get it, and naturally, you're going to get people that are domestically here going to bet on the United States. A uh, hundred and ten to one. To win right now, um, I mean, I'll take a piece of it just for fun to root for it. Might have a little more luck on the group stage or maybe just betting them to to advance or whatnot. But what is your early reads here for the World Cup coming up? Yeah, so I am in love with Spain. Uh, Spain has the defense to hold any team out. And what their biggest problem in Euro 2020 was, was their offense. Well, now their offense is finally clicking and they have one of the best young stars in Pedri and he is playing good and he has that experience. They're sitting at plus 850. Hard to ignore. Another team who I really like, France, I, it's probably going to be one of the chalkiest plays, mm -hmm. but plus 600 is a pretty good price for who has the best player in the world. Don't at me. Kylian Mbappe is the best player in the world. When he's healthy, he's the best player in the entire universe, has a chance to be one of the best players ever. Uh, from a long shot standpoint, we got to talk about Denmark. Uh, 25 to one uh, Christian Erickson is back. Their mm. offense is thriving. Erickson is a unique story for those who don't know. Erickson was the one who collapsed on the pitch yep. and then he, he uh, had to get revitalized, revived and back to life. And he has a new purpose. The team has a new purpose with these odds. Anytime I bet soccer futures, I don't really care about them winning. All I need to do is get them to the finals and get a good hedge position. Hopefully I get two teams out of two teams in the finals that I have futures on, so I don't have to worry about it. But 25 to 1 is something that's hedgeable for a team who will never be like a, a three to one dog. Mm. Any read on uh, a team like Belgium in the 12, 13 to 1 range? Uh, yeah, Belgium's fine. Uh, the problem is, you know, Lukaku's out of favor in Chelsea. And people can say it's a, it's injury related, his Achilles. I've literally heard everything, <laughs> but he's not going to. He, when you're out of favor with your club, I know this is still going to be way back in November. He's plenty of times to go to a new club. It's just a little bit rumblings in the stomach that I don't like. 
Um, and I want to back teams that are good defensively. That's why I talked about a Denmark. That's why I talked about a Spain. That's why I talked about a France. They're all good defensively. Yeah. I think a bet that we should highlight um, is Ghana to advance from their group at plus 250. And their group is Portugal, Uruguay, and South Korea. Ghana have a deep squad already, but they also might get a couple additions of guys who say they want to play Callum Hudson-Odoi and the uh, the Williams brothers from Atletico Bilbao. So I think that price is very good because I think it'll be Portugal and Ghana. Well, as long as Ghana not in the United States group, that's all that matters. Brad, <laughs> yes. appreciate the time and the conversation. I hope to catch up again soon. Good luck with the soccer plays tomorrow. Absolutely. Talk to you soon. There he is, Brad Thomas. Follow him on Twitter at Mr. Brad Thomas. He does some great work for NBC Sports Edge. I'm Scott Sadenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S C O T T S O N A I R. This is the look ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. CNN.